Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. My name's Brian. And I'm Jeff. And this week, I think you're going to care about it. I think everyone's going to care about it because we are talking about probably everybody in who is interested in films and movies. We're talking about your favorite person to talk about. Um, Nicolas Cage. We... Uh, we haven't seen the unbearable weight of massive talent yet, unfortunately, but um, in honor of the great man, uh, I thought maybe we could uh, we could just do a dive into his filmography and kind of just kind of talk about him, see how, how everyone feels about him. So um, going with our format of talking about actors, um, we're just going to dive right into it. I uh, what 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 category do we want to start with? And start with best. Do you want to start with worst for no, him? No, I think maybe? I think worst for this guy is going to be the better conversation. So I, I would say maybe we get the best out of the way. And uh, and say I don't worst know because you guys have a different like understanding of some of these things, but we could do that. What, okay, well, who wants to go first? Who wants? What, what do we want to do? Performance, best performance. Let's just go there. Brian, who do you have for best performance? What film? I was trying have? to. Think who do you of... have for best performance of the Nick Cage films? Is it Nick Cage or Nick Cage? Well, yeah. you know, he plays characters, so he could have just said character name. So acknowledging I haven't seen um, his most recent stuff, um, I was trying to think of what role he really stood out in. Like like one that I'm like, okay, he was like super notable in that one because I can name a bunch of movies where he was just fine or just one of the guys. But like I, something where he was more out there and yet like I, I enjoyed what he brought to the screen. And I kept coming back to his best performance being Big Daddy in Kick-Ass. I, I found him just to be like his normal quirky, weird self. But at the same time, I loved every second of that character. And like it's the most memorable part of the Kick-Ass movies to me is, you know, him and how weird he was. And how, like he was like Batman-esque, but also like it was like Batman with like a, some kind of like I don't know, social impairment or something like, you yeah, know, like was, autistic. Batman yeah. He was like autistic Batman or something like, in like, like it was like, I don't know, weird. And I remember watching it the first time and being like, I don't know how to feel about this. This is like, unlike anything I've ever seen, but like every time that I've rewatched that movie and, and just since, and having had years to digest it, like it's, it's memorable, it's classic and it's, it's very unique. So I, I got kick-ass being the best role he's ever i'm glad that you put this on there because it didn't make my list but i really wanted to talk about it when i was looking at the list um i think that this is like the most realistic like so saying this as a batman fan like this is the most realistic portrayal of a of batman possible right like it's literally like if batman actually existed this is the kind of person it would be like really like just like mentally broken cannot focus on anything other than the mission like is willing to take his like child daughter on this murderous rampage yeah, with like him you're, you're for revenge individual yeah because he's just so broken and lost in his like in his way in reality you know like i think that that's that's the version of batman that actually exists obviously he he kills and you know has trained his daughter to kill and everything like that but i mean he really is like if if batman was an actual person this is what it would actually be like it'd be he would not be like a really cool hot billionaire it would be like this broken man like forcing his daughter to murder gangsters you know yeah jeff what do you, what do you think about that um well i i love this movie it is on my list somewhere um i have this for uh I had this in the running for, for best film, for sure. I wanted to talk about it. Um, what I find interesting is he's talked about this role since and said that he based his character 100% off of Adam West's Batman, which I did not pick up at all. Um, uh, I don't know. but uh, No, but I love that this is what Nicolas Cage, when he watched the 1966 Batmans, he's like, oh, this is what, <laughs> this is what that's like. It's like a really broken, twisted man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so that is perfect for him like what you would assume he would say actually <laughs> but no i think this this movie's really really good um i think that it is a fantastic performance in, in an action role which is something that that he you know tends to not do um and i think that overall this his film is uh i'm sorry did you just say that nicholas cage tends to not do action i would say that the majority of his films are not are you kidding me he's like 
the action star of the 90s. We'll uh, talk about it when we get to my list, I guess. <laughs> um, sure. Okay. Well, Jeff, what did you have for best performance? I think we talked about Kick-Ass good there. I, I, enough, I like that. I think that that yeah, was a good choice. Kick-Ass. I said that his best performance is National Treasure. I, I think that is. I was wondering if one of you guys was going to bring this up, actually. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, I think that uh, Nick Cage actually pulled off a suave, intelligent performance. Not that he's not capable of that in other roles, but I think that he did this very well. I think that in this film, he's very understated. I think my least favorite performances of his are where he's just going insane. Um, and he's just, Those are your least favorites. Yeah, I don't think oh, that... We're going to have a very different I, list. I get then. why he's saying that, though. <laughs> like, I completely agree that he totally is perfect for National Treasure. Yeah, so. I, I think that having a calm person made for a, a very good film, the fact that he's not just belligerently screaming throughout the film um, makes it a more enjoyable experience, and I think that he was able to pull that off. And it might be more one of his more tame roles, but, uh, I mean, there's a reason why it's probably his most popular. And I would say it's his most popular because it's his best. Is it his most popular? I think it's like family friendly. It was a Disney movie, so it's like, and it hits like that family adventure or comedy kind of thing. The most amount of people can enjoy the work, therefore, it's the most popular. I would say that that's most populist. Popular is determined by what people actually like, not what they're able to like. But right, okay. but it's the amount of people is what determines popularity. Yeah, but is this his highest earning film? Do you know that for a fact? Because I don't think it is. I don't know that. I would say that. Okay, so then I would say that that would be probably his most popular, right? Um, anyway. Um, the sound, for the sound my of me typing is me furiously looking up his most uh, highest earning film. And it is number one, National Treasure Book of Secrets, followed by number two, National Treasure. Oh, so there that you was go. fun. <laughs> there you go. Uh, wait, what? Number two got. That's, that's really unfortunate because that movie killed like a potential franchise here. Um, I do like these movies as like just like simple, lighthearted family adventure fun. You know what I mean? The same way that I like like the movie Sahara and, you know, Fool's Gold and all those, you know, whatevers. Um, I, for my best performance, went with Leaving Las Vegas and Pig, um, which uh, we just talked about. What, did we just talk about Pig off mic? Yeah. Or yeah, off recording? We're not recording. Okay. Um, Pig, for those who haven't seen it, is one of his more recent films um, where he plays like a retired chef on a revenge mission to reclaim his stolen truffle pig. Um, it's really good. It's based in Portland, um, which I like. And then Leaving Las Vegas is a movie where he's an alcoholic who wants to kill himself. He's going to drink himself to death. And then he hires a prostitute to come stay with him while he does it, basically. Um, in in Las Vegas and I'm pretty sure this is the movie that he won his Academy Award for um, it is very good it is a really interesting and nuanced portrayal of depression and sadness um, that uh, really has stuck with me through the years and I don't think either of you guys have seen either of these movies so we can move on quickly but everybody should watch them they're really good I've seen Leaving Las Vegas you have? yeah yeah what did you think? it was good um I mean, I think it's talk about treasure. talk about like subdued minimal performances from Nick Cage. Like that's one of the most subdued ones he's done. Yeah, I mean, when I was going through the list, uh, this one definitely stood out to me. I, I liked it. Um, definitely one of the more tamer scripts. I mean, it's it's about an alcoholic becoming, you know, forming a relationship with a with a prostitute. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, which is no. probably just what ev happens every day in Las Vegas, I would assume. Um, I had an honorable mention here, which is Raising Arizona, which is an early Coen Brothers movie where Nicolas Cage is really crazy um, and really, really young. And basically they kidnap a baby and try to raise a, ba a baby. But it's, uh, it's good. You guys should watch that. That's my honorable mention. Um, do we want to move on to best film that he's been in? Sure. Yes. I think I think Brian and I are going to have the same movie for this one, or at least movies. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. I put best movies, the two that I wanted to talk about that I think are in the running are God in 60 Seconds and Kick-Ass. Brian, let's hear it. What did you have? 
Gone in 60 Seconds, and National Treasure. Oh. I had Kick-Ass and I deleted it. I decided I'm, I don't like the movie that much compared to the other two. I'm glad. I'm really, really glad that you guys put Gone in 60 Seconds here because there's another one that didn't make my list, but I just watched the se- the Lowrider scene like six times last night. <laughs> Why? That's weird. Because I think it's so ridiculous. <laughs> the Everything, like him putting on the leather jacket and then walking down like that makes him badass. Like if you take that outside of the context of the movie and shoot the film from one of the other people in the crew, what are you doing? he looks so <laughs> weird. And he goes... He goes, all right, guys. Lowrider, Donnie. Donnie. Hit it. Lowrider. Lowrider. <laughs> and then he puts it on, and then they all just sit there and, like, vibe out to it. But then the new guys, the young guys that are on their crew, They're are like, just the looking fuck? at them like, what the fuck are Dude, you Dude, I love that scene. Are you kidding me? That, and then classic. it's the hand thing. It's the hand yeah. thing next to his head. <laughs> all right, let's go. Yeah, it's Dude, just, it's classic. such a, it's that. such a Nick Cageism. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just like exactly how you would expect there's him zero, to actually be in real life. There's a 0% you know? chance that was in the script prior to him stepping on set. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is for sure him being like, this is how I would do it. You yeah. know, I'm it's just be a badass and walk down the steps and I, yeah, exactly. I think it's that. I just, and Dude, I think that's, that's a great movie, man. And like, it it's, is it, I, the reason why I stacked it next to National Treasures, because I agree with Jeff, like him in a more understated role like that is, you know, where he's a little bit more neutral, um, I think Who's serves the- him, I think serves him really well. Not to say I don't find his more out there stuff entertaining, but for some reason I resonate a little bit more with him in National Treasure where he's kind of doing a more quirky Indiana Jones role and in Gone in 60 Seconds where he's this, you know, badass carjacker but from the angle of a bigger brother just trying to help his younger brother out and like it's not that he's enjoying it he's just trying to get the job done so it's he's a little bit more serious in his role and i i those two movies are are um both ones i could watch once a year and be completely fine with and hey uh gone in 60 seconds does get a little bit of a bump because angelina jolie with the blonde uh blonde dreads is awesome so (laughs) is she I, I was it. gonna bring it up as a negative, actually. No, I, I did. <laughs> so. um, Delroy Lindo is really great in that movie. He's the uh, detective, and his partner is a really, really, really young Timothy yeah. Oliphant, which is pretty cool, actually. Early role for him. That's right. He turned down. He was originally cast as Brian O'Connor in the F- Fast and the Furious franchise, and he left that role to be in Gone in 60 Seconds wow. with Nicolas Cage because he was pretty sure that it was going to be a better movie. And yeah, he fucked he had up two because he would be from so rich. He would be so rich right now if he uh, did that. But I do think Gone in 60 Seconds is a really good movie. Um, yeah, it's so good. All right, Tyler. So, I'm trying to remember who was the bad guy in that movie? Yeah. All I mean, it's pretty cool that um nicholas cage's character in it is named memphis reigns what a good what a great character it's so funny because i was looking at his name in uh is it con air or in the rock where his name is good speed uh that's the rock yeah I and believe. i was just like i don't like how can you guys not come up with something a little bit more viable like that's just such a weird name Stanley Goodspeed. It's almost like he, they let him name his own character. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's for I mean, sure a name that I could see Nicolas Cage coming up with, like similar yeah. to that leather jacket scene where he's like, that's Goodspeed. Funny. At this it's point, not- the amount of people that had to sign off on that script, on that name, for it to you know make it to audiences with those fucking choices is absurd. All right. Uh, so as it comes to best film, I have said in the past. No, we did best performance. That was Leaving Las Vegas and Pig. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Best film. Um, Best film, uh, I've said that it has to be a movie that's infinitely rewatchable for me, for me to consider it uh, best film. So I have three because of the three movies of his that I just watch, rewatch all the time. Um, so first I have Face Off, which have you guys seen this, Brian? No. Okay. Really crazy. Uh I just I don't I don't even know if I can talk about it. We might have to just do like a like a bonus episode about it one day after Brian watches it. Um basically it's him playing John Travolta and John Travolta playing Nick Cage <laughs> and they say in the movie, I want you to take my face off. Yeah, really good. Um Con Air is number two on here. 
this movie is so sick i love it i honestly think i'm gonna watch it tonight because i talked my wife into it last night um a movie where a bunch of cons hijack an airplane and then Nicolas cage has the most brutal mullet of any character ever committed to film um and he's just wearing like the dirtiest white wife beater just you've ever seen in your life uh dave Chappelle, a plastic dave Chappelle, gets thrown out of a building or out of an airplane and lands on a cop car somehow um and then the third movie i have is the rock which i don't know did you guys make any of these three on your list nope no no nope. con, con okay. air is the one where he fights a guy while hunched over and like yeah the most in the baggage area and anticlimactic fight scene ever the bunny down <laughs> like literally folded into like knees to chest like trying to fight i was like this is so fucking terrible i'm into it and that's and that's what you think the top action star of the 90s was 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 that that's your peak yes and i stand by it that's, that's um a horrible decision okay well did you guys what about the rock how do you guys feel about the rock i mean this is probably michael bay's best movie you guys <laughs> You got, a lot of, you got a lot of hot takes here. Uh, I think most people agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is awesome. Are you kidding me? A bunch of ex-military men decide that there's too much population in the world, and so they're going to release a virus. And to do that, they steal a nuclear or like a, a, a virus-type missile and then take over Alcatraz. And then Sean Connery basically playing a retired James Bond and nick cage just have to infiltrate the rock and kill a bunch of ex-military servicemen dude it's sick are you kidding me this yeah, is amazing I, I dig it and there's this the whole thing about sean connery being like you like you're touching on like he's ex-military uh british secret service the whole he's James a Bond british thing. spy who was captured and yeah. england disavowed him so the u.s has had him in prison yeah, for the, whole James for the, the second half of his life so, so good i mean it's definitely there's no way that they weren't like we're trying to get the rights to james bond here but even if we don't we'll just change your name but everybody will get the reference because he's playing exactly the what what you would expect a james bond to be um and i like it i think it's awesome i think this movie is really cool it's like if michael bay did a old james bond movie and i think it works um all right we can move on um what do you guys have for worst do you guys want to do worst performance or worst film let's just do per performance because we did performance first last time okay i put outcast it's outcast yeah <laughs> it's outcast that's the only option i, I also have sorcerer's apprentice on here on top of outcast that was that was my runner-up also that movie's hot garbage i tried watching it actually <laughs> recently uh for no i don't know why i don't know what i was doing i was losing my mind i think it was probably dirt when i had covid um and i couldn't even make it through the first 20 minutes i was like fuck this movie sucks yeah. um um outcast is i see the thing is though this movie is super watchable brian how many times have you seen it outcast yeah it is super watchable and i've seen it multiple times uh yeah, probably in I've the realm of it, three to five times total i've watched it like three times I, like i want to love it because it's a cool concept with like these like dis disenchanted templars that like you know find they have a like new ptsd purpose. yeah yeah like they're dealing with their ptsd and they find this new purpose in a completely other culture applying these incredible like combat skills that they learned in the uh, crusades, crusades to you know protect instead of attack and like i think that's a really cool concept that just got ruined by the uh, terrible acting performance combination of nick cage and hating christensen uh, whatever the fuck anakin's name is hating christensen hating christensen um, <laughs> yeah it they both 
they're like battling for worst accent throughout the movie. Oh my and god, it's bad. <laughs> they're, it's, they're both of them are doing really bad accents. Real potential in that movie. And they the thing is, I genuinely really like Hayden Christensen, and that's the reason I watched the movie. Yeah. I was like, Hayden Christensen and Nick Cage. All right, let's see what happens. I like and him then, in Jumper. He's cool. Like, but I like him in Star Wars. <laughs> sure, yeah, Star Wars too. Does. But um, yeah, man, and like it just needs to be said the whole shit that monologue. The, well, if you've dude, never seen like, the movie, just pull up the monologue of. Nicholas Cage's character talking about losing his eye and it's just... and his wife <laughs> yeah it's real tough it is, um it's tough to watch it's but it's also I, I I honestly am convinced that they were like no your character has both eyes and he's like no he's missing one of them because they don't even it. do prosthetics <laughs> yeah they don't even do prosthetics yeah, on it he just is keeps his eye closed through the whole <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> He's just like he's just like keeping one eye smashed shut the whole time. I, I just feel like he decided that that's that was the truth of his character. He's like, no, 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 this guy lost an eye. Trust me, you're gonna want this monologue I wrote for myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, god. And like his accent is like a mix between a pirate and a British guy. I think. Like, I don't know what he's doing. He's doing like Australian <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I think the, him having that long, like zany hair, is just icing on the oh, cake. Oh, his so death bad. scene is like really overdone, and oh, he like man. gets stabbed like 20 times. <laughs> yeah, so it's, that, uh, that movie deserved uh, it just, better performances. The whole movie just was bad. Like the filming was really bad. Like they do a lot of like their fight scenes are like 50 cuts to like offset the fact that they couldn't pay for like choreography. So it's like relying on Hayden Christensen's sword fighting from Lord of the or from uh, Star Wars to get him through and like he just had to kind of probably make shit up and they just like cut around it you know it just it just the movie does deserve better and those actors deserved better but I just think that this movie had such a low budget and then they were just like I think Hayden Christensen was trying to act against Nick Cage who Nick Cage was like I don't give a fuck I'm just gonna go all out and he's like okay I don't know how to receive this energy and deliver a performance that makes sense so it's so bad it's um it's a movie yeah. that wants to be good so bad I I like it I think it's Dude, really bad it's, it's very like watchable it. despite how much we're knocking on it it's a very watchable movie yeah I don't know man I, I really like it um all right uh, did we want to talk about Sorcerer's Apprentice? I don't even know if there's anything to say. I think about I've it, seen so. that movie. I don't know. I think I just scrubbed that one from my memory. Because so it's it based bad. on that that scene in Fantasia where Mickey Mouse makes the mop stance or whatever. Wasn't it a youth? You know what I mean? Wasn't it a youth novel? No. It's so the whole literally... movie is based on one scene in Fantasia. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, you know that like the most popular scene in Fantasia? What if we uh, made a whole movie based on that?" So Jay Baruchel plays Mickey Mouse. <laughs> in human form <laughs> and then nick cage nick cage plays jensen um from kingdom hearts uh and they do the scene where he's trying to clean up the the wizard's dungeon uh with the dancing brooms and mops and everything um and then they make like a, a whole movie based around it and it's bad it's like really bad it doesn't make any sense they just take like all these tropes from like action fantasy cinema and just like mash them together and there's like a, a a metal eagle that they fly around on and yeah that's all i remember about the movie yeah um i i mean i, I also I, was, I guess i was the one that brought this up i mean it's it's not much redeeming qualities to this film unfortunately it's just really really bad performances really really bad concepts terrible writing uh Really, it's just not um, not great, and yet the production value of the animation was actually like fairly high for some reason, um, for like the animation, the the, the visual effects. But um, yeah, just really should have money should have gone to something else. Um, the what do you guys have for uh, for worst film? Right, I've got a I got a tie for last, but Jeff, go ahead. Okay, I'll go first again. My worst can I, film. Actually, sorry. Can I just quickly jump in? There is a film that I forgot that he was in, and I missed it when I was going when I was making out my list. And I I really want to quickly say, uh, for best performance, uh, adaptation is really 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 good. He plays twin brothers, so it's Nick Cage acting against Nick Cage, and they're both like really depressed, anxiety ridden uh, twins. 
Um, so and there, and so it's a pretty relatively subdued performance. It's actually a really, really cool, really good movie um, that uh, was written and I think directed by Charlie Kaufman. Um, and uh, people should watch it. And I had totally forgot about it, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Um, sorry, what do you have for worst film, Jeff? Worst film I have is next. Mm. I despise. This is pretty bad. I, he can see like ten seconds into the future or something. Yep, I despise this movie. The concept doesn't make I any sense. I despise it. Uh, it's horrific. Of of all horrific. of the films that uh, Nick the Nick Cage decided to do, this is the one that I would remove from time it definitely has the worst hairline in in any movie ever made for sure for a leading man are you kidding me his hair his hairline starts at the back of his head <laughs> what, I, what I hate about this film <laughs> I've seen anything like it like so that the general concept of this film of what they you know make you watch is this guy that that can somehow see 10 seconds into the future for no explanation um and he uses this as if it's a superpower like he's at one point in the climax of the film he's walking towards a man with a gun and the man fires at him. So Nick Cage knows exactly what part of the body the man is aiming for, and he's able to quickly dodge out of the way. But if he leans to the left, then the guy should just move the gun to the left and pull the fucking trigger. <laughs> but no, this guy's able to dodge every single bullet as he comes to the hallway, defeat the man, only to get killed by someone else, only for you to realize that he's actually seeing weeks ahead into the future because the girl that he met at the beginning of the film like him falling in love somehow expanded his ability for him to basically the entire content of the film was him seeing into the future and so the final scene of the film is him calling the cops as they would round up all the criminals <laughs> and there is no climax um yeah it's not very good it's a pretty bad movie i will say that it is terrible and uh it's unfortunate that nick cage decided to be a part of it because he did not deliver a great performance either. Yeah, so he went from being like a powerhouse, you know what I mean? Like he was doing a lot of really good stuff. And then all of a sudden, everything he came out with was like really not good for a while. Um, which is why people in our generation were like, is he a bad actor? But then our parents were like, no, no, no. Isn't Nick Cage like a good actor? Like, I, I don't understand. And then that's where you get like this weird discrepancy of like, is he bad? Is he good? Or what? Like, what is he? You know, and that's what kind of adds to his legend and his mythology. Brian, what did you have for worst film? I had a tie. I've never even seen Next, by the way. I have seen um, Next. Did I it have, make your list? I have seen Next. It did not make my list. I okay. I don't remember enough about it, but I do remember What's that worse than it? I tied Outcast with <laughs> uh, Wicker Man. Should I we have... keep talking about Outcast? <laughs> Should we just no, keep going? <laughs> no, I just I'll throw it on there. We've already discussed it, but I tied it with Wicker Man. I I have a very vivid memory of <laughs> This is a movie I haven't seen because of a vivid memory I have of you having gone and seen yes. it on yeah. a date in high school. That's right. I was and like, coming home and between just fourteen and fifteen. Telling me about it and yeah. me being like, That sounds bad. I did, I didn't know anything about the movie. Nick Cage is just a was just a recognizable name. I was, you know, picking a movie back in like on a high school date. Went to this movie and my God, that might have been the worst date I've ever been on because <laughs> Um, that movie is the worst. <laughs> I don't know so though. It has one of my favorite things in in the history of all cinema, and I do love to watch it. And that is Nicolas Cage running through the forest in a bear suit, punching women in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so the the part that stands out to me that I can remember vividly is like trying to have a good time on this date, and like we hit the point where. At the end, Nick Cage finds out that he's just like a a breeder for this cult. Like basically, they um, the, it's like this little like island cult that send their like beautiful young women out to local bars to like seduce the men. And like when they get pregnant, they I don't know lay out this plan for like this elaborate plan for like getting those men to come to the island and become sacrifices during their like seasonal ceremonies. And yeah, um, it's like that movie Midsummer. You guys watch? Yeah, Midsummer? it does have Midsummer vibes, big time. And uh, Midsummer is just a like a like. So Wicker Man is based on like a horror classic from I think the seventies, um, and it's a remake. Um, and the original makes more sense because it's set in an older time period. You know what I mean? So it's like this weird, and, and the, because of the way that like the pacing of older movies, it just kind of works a little bit better. Um, 
and then I think Midsummer is is uh, the actor or the director whose name I've completely forgot wanted to remake that, but because of the Nick Cage one, he couldn't, so he just made a different version. But sorry, yeah. go ahead. So I, it's okay. Say. Yeah. So you find out the big reveal at the end. Spoiler, whatever is um, Nick Cage is is like this guy that's been select was selected years ago when he nailed one of their, you know, I don't know what do you call them like bait women. Yeah, I don't know. And they, they just them. pick the hottest girl in the village and they're like, hey, you're pretty cute. Go back, go over here, fuck a yep. stranger, get pregnant. get pregnant. And then we're going to trap mean, him years later and kill his ass. Like, what if that woman has like some sort of like, you know, issue where she can't get pregnant though? You know what I mean? They'll, they'll probably Since try and try just, and send another one. Yeah, I don't know. But don't know. so anyway, the part that stands out in my mind is being on this date at a young teenage uh, age and Nick Cage gets captured at the end. The big reveal is that they've been wanting him there the whole time, even though he thought he was kind of like in control of the situation. And they, the screen goes black and they break his legs so that he can't run away. And it's just horrifying. This The audio is just like they put the mic right up to him as they snap his legs and he's just like screaming. And then he wakes up and they've like tied him. I don't remember if he's upside down or what, but like they, they tie him up in this Wicker Man thing and light him on fire. And then you just watch him burn to death. Isn't it his daughter that lights the torch? Yeah, she like goes up and lights him on fire and kills him, and it's part of their like ritual sacrifice or whatever. But like the, I will never forget the audio of his legs breaking and him just screaming in pain, and me being like, "Why the fuck did I pick this movie? This is horrible." <laughs> and Tyler and, and I will never, never forget, forget the audio of Brian coming home from that date, sitting us down and explaining to him, explaining to us in vivid detail. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly it, it what happened into my point. movie watching memory i will never forget <laughs> the experience because it was bad dude anyway so that's that's why that one tied with outcast for reasons already stated is is it just me or does james franco appear at the end of that movie i think he uh, yeah he's the next guy it shows that's how you find out like why he got connected to the situation in the first place because at the they end, send they, send, about his they send two more young women to the bar, and James Franco turns around and is like, what's up? And you're like, no, James, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> or maybe do. Apparently, he's a really bad guy. Um, oh. Wow. So right after Wicker Man, he did Ghost Rider, which is, I don't know, maybe the best superhero movie ever made. I don't know. Pretty close. What's Pretty high up there, there I think. <laughs> um so the movie that I put for worst film goes right in front of that uh, it, or came out the year before this and it was uh, World Trade Center. They made a World Trade Center movie five years after the World Trade Center went down. 2006. I would say that's too soon. That's way too soon to have made that movie. Um, it. Uh, I went and saw it with friends for some reason when I was 16 um, and was just like I did I don't know I don't I don't really have much to say about this other than like they should not have made this it was a really bad movie in general um, and made in poor taste like it felt like they were just trying to cash in on like this really sad thing that had just happened you know I mean it was five years later but still just way too soon I think um so yeah, I put that one there. Um and yeah, that's uh that I think that's our our whole list as far as best and worst. I don't really want to talk about any more of that those. Um what I do want to talk about though is who we think would win in a fight between all of Nick Cage's characters. Who do we think would take it out? Brian, do you have fight do you have a, all his characters? Yeah. Do you have someone that you want to put forth as your as your your champion? You know, I mean, Ghost Rider has to be the pick, I assume, because he's got superpowers. Uh, However, yeah. I feel like when they have a superhero role, we have to like not put that in. Yeah, they we, have multiple I think we excluded. Uh, I think we excluded Hancock from the main fight. Yeah, in exactly. The, well, in the Will Smith one, so unless got, they have multiple superhero roles, then we can kind of say. So you've got him playing Big Daddy. You've got him playing. If we're including anime, uh, Spider-Man Noir, but he also plays Superman in Teen Titans Go mm -hmm. to the movie. We're not including. Those. So yeah, uh, you're gonna you put Superman. Shit. <laughs> 
If you're putting Cut a Superman the in there. So, um, I think I it's... I prefer it's the a, weird Tim Burton Superman where he's got a mullet. He never I think it's that. a fight between Nick Cage from The Rock, um, Big Daddy, uh, the guy from Outcast because he's got combat training. <laughs> but before he lost his eye, though, <laughs> and and uh, Nick Cage in the bear suit and Wicker Man just <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's got like a trail. He's got like a mace made of unconscious women. Somehow he's swinging that around his head. <laughs> so um, um, I would say it has to go to Big Daddy. I think he's got the combat training that it's just kind of. I put Cameron Pope from Con Air actually. <laughs> Dude, he'd get wrecked by Big Daddy. Are you no. kidding me? Big Daddy shows some. Are you kidding chops. me? The way that he slaps Tracy Morgan on the or whoever the gay, whoever plays the gay, remember when he's like running through the cockpit, like punching one punch, knocking people out, and then he runs up to the gay con, con and he opens his hand and slaps him instead. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with any <laughs> pick for winning, uh, as long as we have Nick Cage from Gone in 60 Seconds starting the brawl by doing the <laughs> Donnie song, Donnie. Low Let's rider. go. Lowrider. <laughs> yeah, and Don, then all of a sudden, Donnie? we got Bear Nick Cage running in, just cold cocking <laughs> people, and Big Daddy just kind of, oh, you know what? Let me ask you, who burns quicker, Big Daddy or Wicker Man? <laughs> <laughs> Run, child! Run, child! <laughs> not the bees yeah. um, who burns brighter let's just say it that way <laughs> alright <laughs> I, I would say it's gotta be Big Daddy is that fair um, yeah I think that's fine okay and then who do you guys have as the uh, the dream casting like obviously a role he has not been in I have actually an interesting one but um, I want to hear what Jeff has to say first I talked about mine just before we started I looked up I like to look up you know what roles actors have turned down and I've brought up on pod before the concept of of Sean Connery RRP um, playing who turned down the role of Gandalf because he didn't understand it uh, and it turns out that Nick Cage also turned down the role of Aragorn and now I'm just increasingly excited to find out i'm just assuming like every year i'm going to find out a new person a new famous celebrity has turned down a different role in lord of the rings and i'm just going to have like my actual official i thought this was to cast him as a superhero in marvel and dc i would not cast him as a superhero in marvel or dc i i don't at think, all i don't think that nick cage in general is a good actor and i don't want him in my universe um how dare you <laughs> <laughs> um okay well I don't think I would have cast him. I, Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn was pretty much perfect casting, and I don't. You're think goddamn they, right. I'm talking, making goddamn Cage, I'm talking about making a Nick Cage. I'm talking about making a Nick Cage quality Lord of the Rings. You want to do a different version? You want to I, live in the the alternate universe where that actually happened? I just want to watch <laughs> that film. I don't want to live in that universe because it's infinitely a worse universe. But I do want to see a Nick Cage quality Lord of the Rings. I do want to go on vacation there <laughs> exactly. just to watch a movie. <laughs> and watch this film. <laughs> and I want to know what else would have – what other fucking horrible decisions were chosen for this film. Um, I uh, I actually – so obviously I said make the Tim Burton Superman movie. It would have been really cool. I want to – I just want to see whatever that was. It just seems like it could have been very interesting. Um for better and or for worse, I, a cult classic. Guaranteed. Yeah, for sure. I would, I, I would still watch it like once a year. Um, but then I, I, I tried to think about what I think he could be in um, the new like movies, and I put him as Ted Cord in DC because they're doing a Jamie Reyes Blue Beetle. Jeff or Brian for for context. Blue Beetle is basically an Iron Man type figure, um, but it's like an alien uh, sort of symbiote. I don't really understand yeah, that's what, what it to, is. It's probably the best way to describe it, yeah. It's sort of like a thing that attaches to you and then forms a suit of armor, and then you're Iron Man. Like, your hands can turn into laser guns. You can fly. You you can grow, like, extra you know, legs I didn't and all kinds of different stuff. The actual similarities that Marvel stole from Blue Beetle to make the, the, the Mark 50 or whatever it is, the... So, well, Blue Beetle has evolved over the years. Um, Blue Beetle initially was just like a guy in a blue suit running around with a laser gun. Correct. Um, and that was Ted Cord. And then now he's like a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, it's like he's like an alien. I think it was part of New 52. 
when, when they introduced Jaime Reyes. It might have been earlier. But. Well, yeah, but the Ted Cord version was wearing like some sort of armored suit for a, for a long time. I don't know. He's just evolved over the years. Um, but I do think that since they're doing this Jamie Reyes version, it would be kind of cool for him to like kind of in the same way that Michael Douglas plays Hank Pym yeah. in the Marvel movies to do that with Nicolas Cage as like a retired a retired superhero version of the blue beetle that's like lower tech but like can be still like sort of like a a mentor in the superhero thing for jamie reyes i think that nick cage could totally be that and i think it would be kind of cool and then we could do like flashbacks to nick cage running around in like a blue spandex suit with like a laser gun and i think that, that would be really funny <laughs> um, but yeah i think that that would be like a kind of a cool cat way to get him into the universe um, and also Wasn't it's there... like Nick Cage playing like a billionaire in in charge of a tech industry, which would be kind of fun to see. And Wasn't there his... a TV show, like a limited run TV show that was a guy as a Blue Beetle? It's going to drive me uh, nuts. You're, I know thinking that there of, was. you're thinking of The Tick. The Tick. The that Tick. That sick. Yeah. Um, they, then they just redid that and it was <laughs> yeah. actually really good too. Yeah. Is it Patrick good? Warburton. Really? So the '90s one is with Patrick Warburton, and that one is good because it's Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he's amazing. Who, who's awesome? Um, and then I actually like the one. It, so it's on Amazon Prime. It's all up for free, and it's super easy to watch. It's like really low budget, kind of making. It's kind of like The Boys, some in a way. It's like making fun of superheroes um, and like that that like whole world, but like also like clearly loves. That those worlds um, and has respect for them and so um, I like it and I think it's pretty funny I watched it all but it got cancelled um, but yeah so that's who I would cast Nick Cage as Ted Cord, old Ted Cord. Um, I think that that would be really cool so um, yeah that's uh, I think that's where we wrap it up with I Nick think Cage. I haven't answered right. yet is actually what I think. oh sorry Brian I uh, I always count you out because you don't have as deep of a of a roster to pull from but go oh, ahead well I, I pulled from the best here um i slotted him in as a replacement grandmaster or the collector in the marvel cinematic universe i think jeff goldblum killed it don't get me wrong he was perfect but i could also see nick cage delivering as, as a weirdo grandmaster um yeah. and then uh the collector what's that guy's name i know Benicio he's a del toro yeah del toro like he was fine but for a guy of that I don't know, higher stature. Like you think that there would have been more notable, I don't know, something. In, yeah. They in didn't self. really give Benicio del Toro a lot to do. Yeah. So therefore weird role. pick there. Like I, I could have seen somebody quirky, like delivering in the limited screen time that he gets. I could see Nick Cage like hammering that home a little bit better or being a little bit more memorable than what the collector ended up being. Um, so I just chose two quirky roles that I thought he would have had fun with. But, um, also, Tim Burton Superman, I'll let go of that one because I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Cool, guys. Well, all in all, I think Nick Cage is awesome. I'm still, I still really want to see uh, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, but I just have too much going on right now. I haven't made it, been able to get back into the theater. Um, if you have seen that movie, please get in touch with us. Let me know what you thought. I would love to hear about it. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on into what's clever. I'm going to go ahead and start this week. Um, I watched a movie last night called I Want You Back. Uh, I think it was on Amazon starring Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Jenny Slate, who is a, um, I don't know, she's been in everything. She was in Parks and Rec as John Ralphia's sister. Um, I don't know. She's been in a lot of stuff. She's also in the Unbar or, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once um, as the girl with the dog. Um it's a romantic comedy where two people get dumped and then hatch a plan to get back their significant others. Um, and I liked it. I thought it was really funny. There's some really, really, really funny parts. Um, there are some parts that were less funny. The romantic comedy aspect of it um, worked, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a, it was a fun romantic comedy, easy to watch. If you're into those kinds of things, give it a shot uh brian um nothing new on the viewing end although i will say on the gaming end um last night had a friend over and we played a game called hidden agenda um it's i found it by just googling you know what's a you know good like multiplayer 
uh, game for like a party night or whatever. And this game, um, it it's a, what, what am I trying to say? It's a like detective, like thriller mystery game where basically everyone uses their cell phones throughout instead of gaming controllers. And the it plays out like a cinematic experience, but then every so often there's a decision that needs to be made. Do you, you know, as the police officer investigating a crime scene, do you and your partner stick together or do you have your partner go upstairs while you stay on the first floor? And like your decisions impact what ends up happening. People end up dying or not dying depending on choices you make. Um, and you're trying to find out you know if the killer that you catch is the real killer or if there's someone else behind the scenes and it's uh super super fun we played for probably i don't know two or three hours last night and we're, everyone was just totally caught up in it and then um yeah i can't recommend that one enough it was super fun and the graphics were shockingly great um really good um quality visuals and then I was Googling it and the same creators created another game, which I think is a little bit more commonplace, although I hadn't heard of it. I, I just get a sense that it, it was a little bit more popular. It's called Until Dawn. And apparently it's the same concept of interactive cinematic experience, but you're a group of teenagers like out in the woods trying to survive uh, like a crazy killer that's hmm. like trying to kill you guys and you guys are making decisions and you have to last the night. Is there and, a minimum player count on it? Um. I know you can play as many as four. I don't know if it goes but higher. Can, like if if I was to download it and do like an interact, do it with just Kelly, my wife. Do you think that that oh, would work if it's yes. just the two of us? Yeah, doing it? two as, as little as you can play it by yourself too. And oh, they have so story mode. Four? And they have story mode where um, everyone works together, and then they have a competitive mode where I, I don't. We haven't tried that one yet, but that sounded like a fun one too. And there's ways to like. If let's let's say there's three of you and you keep getting outnumbered on on votes, you have a like a finite number of steals where you can steal the decision, and you can make a decision on your own. And we we stole a couple times last night, and you know somebody would make a decision, and it was uh, you know pretty pretty fun way to to do it where it's like you might feel really passionately that you guys need to not you know investigate so the house. What did you or call whatever. it? Um, that game's called Hidden Agenda. And the other one's called Until Dawn. Until Dawn, although I haven't tried that one yet. But yeah, super fun. Just a different way to kind of enjoy a gaming experience when you got a group together. Um, and basically, each decision, it ends up being like a majority vote. Um, but yeah, su super fun. Super, um, super fun. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It sounds like a way, f like a kind of a way to get my wife to participate in a game with me because she's not really into gaming, so... Yeah, that, that's um, one where it doesn't take any gaming skills. You're just voting on No, so you just use your phone and it's just like watching yeah, sort of just, a cinematic and yeah. just kind of making making you, choices. You drag to the left or to the right depending on whether you want to flee or investigate or, you know, huh. whatever. How it's, much was it? I don't know, 10 bucks or something. Pretty cheap. Uh, okay, I might, I might actually do this. I might actually take a jump. Maybe I'll come over to your house. Maybe we'll, we should have a dinner party at your house and we can get Kelly to play it. Yeah, that's probably it. the other one since I know the ending of this one now. That's <laughs> it. I'm going to commit. That's it. Yeah, You've opened that's it. Let um, me get a Bowflex. For me, I uh, my I have two things uh, that we're talking about. The first I'm going to talk about because the other one's going to be just a little bit of conversation between Tyler and I. Uh, I was looking for a show to watch. I was scrolling through Hulu and uh, I saw an, a very old TV show. I wonder if I'm going to get flack for this uh, called Golden Girls. Okay. Betty White. Yeah, it's, and, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I don't know. Never watched it before, so now I'm on season two. I'm, it's I'm, great. It's it's like it's a, a sitcom, but with old ladies in it. Fucking it's fucking hilarious. Awesome. I did not think I was going to like it as much as I do, but it is hilarious. I, I'm cracking yeah. up. Uh, no, it's like a genuinely, like a really great show, like yeah. from the 80s, uh, like an old sitcom. I used to watch it a lot when when we were younger um because it's just always on it's like one of the most rerun syndicated sitcoms of all time <laughs> i've and heard a lot about yeah. it over the years i mean why do you think betty white is so famous bro <laughs> she was she's like the main character like you know the main comedy force in like this really beloved sitcom yeah she's one of them uh super funny um the other thing was last night i went and saw everything everywhere all at once 
in theaters uh, with some friends. Fucking A. All right, Brian, drop off because we we have to get into it. No, we just won't spoil it. Yeah. Um. Well, let's just say it. What did, what did you think? I loved it. I thought it was uh, an incredible, incredible juxtaposition of the standard um, uh, tropes and, and arcs. So, I mean, you take, instead of having, you know, protagonist of this mind-bending uh, action film, and, and and casting them as a you know stereotypical white male like something out of the matrix instead you go with a middle-aged asian woman and have her out there beaten ass um super fun i thought that and i won't get into the to the twist but it's such a good it's it's so well written you can tell just from the foundation of the story like they, they really sat down and crafted a really incredible story and then they filled in so much fun into the world some of it was a little over the top you can tell that they took the fun they took the 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 fantastic foundation and said okay now let's make it absolutely batshit crazy um are you talking about a scene that involves hot dogs the hot dogs are part of it um (laughs) there's more than just the hot dogs though there's a lot of just every time the hot dogs showed up i literally just laughed out loud because it's just (laughs) it's really crazy it's such a weird concept and like having yeah just even even the hot dogs have a twist too but um yeah overall Uh, (laughs) the film the film is absolutely incredible and brian you need to uh grab your wife and put her in a car and drive her to the movie theater and go watch it i think you should watch it and i think that maybe we need to do an episode on it but next week we're doing doctor strange so i don't know it might be too many multiverse movies in a row for you guys but um yeah this I, it was just now you understand why I was upset last week when you just changed the subject while I was talking about it. I listened back to that episode during the edit and you literally I'm mid sentence and then you're like, oh, by the way, I watched uh, Chaos Walking or whatever. And I was like, I'm sorry, what just happened? I'm talking about like this movie that changed my life and you just want to talk about this shitty young adult adaptation. What happened? Yeah, this movie is awesome. And like. I was really depressed the week that I saw it for some reason. I think it's probably just the weather or whatever. I was just having some head <laughs> issues. And then I went and saw this movie and it just like hit me so hard. Like I, I, I've, you know, I don't, I'm not, not like some tough guy or whatever, but I don't really cry. Movies don't make me cry, but I like literally almost cried while watching this oh, movie. I got choked like, up like two or three times. The climax. Yeah, just- man, it gets, it got me, man. I was like, uh oh no am i actually gonna cry like i haven't cried in 20 years like holy shit this is gonna get something out of me the the climax hits a couple different times like just a couple different themes and it just hammers you like four or five times in like a 15 minute span or like a lot of the lines a lot of the moments and just like holy shit when it's like it's like four different characters storylines all build up and have this sense of release at the same exact time and so you feel all the emotions of like all these different characters all at once and it's literally what the movie is everything everywhere all at once it's just like oh you just feel all of it everybody's heartbreak everybody's sadness all at the same time it's in the such movie an it's just incredible, really well done yeah such an incredible foundation for the story because like what when you boil it down the story that they're telling is very very simple and i won't say what that story is but they use the most convoluted way of telling that story um what's crazy is that it worked and it worked right? so like well the, and like it it's so many different moving pieces that had to all fit together perfectly for it to work and it and like and for you to not lose track of the story and somehow you don't like you just don't like it all makes sense the whole way even the parts that are stupid and silly they like you feel like you get it you know what i mean and it has a part to play it's not just extraneous like silliness for no reason like they're tell they're giving you an like especially at the end when they explain the hot dogs and it's like you get like an even like you get a like a relief like a you get a reveal with that like that move that bit that seems so ridiculous throughout the movie it has an arc and it has a completion and like it actually has something to do with the story and it's like what how did they do that and like just the way that they filmed all of those different things think of the amount of like planning and foresight you had to have to be able to film all of this right because there's like what like 20 different dimensions that all have to fit together in this movie to tell the story correctly Mm mm-hmm and like at one point they're just switching through the dimensions and telling five different stories all at one time 
and you are able to follow the plot of each of them individually without issue. I just, I don't understand. It's just like a really impressive effort. Yeah. That like, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of this movie. I'm really excited For... to see what the Daniels do next. It's two directors whose names both happen to be Daniel. And so they go by the Daniels. Um, I don't know if they go by the Daniel or if they've been identified as the Daniels. No, they, they list themselves as the Daniels on their, rec- on their credits. Um, um, so yeah, no, I think one of the most incredible things about this is, you know, so much of today's cinema is just spoiled, right? Like I, I haven't seen the newest, uh, well, I guess I, I watched the trailer last night, but like I avoid movie trailers for the most part because I would rather just watch the film. I know, like I don't need to be hyped for a film cause I'm going to go see it. Right. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need you to sell me on it. Cause I, I know which ones I'm going to go see. And I don't yeah. want for the ones that I am really excited to go see. I don't want to, to, you know, my, my I'm too inquisitive. I'm sitting there like, Oh shit. Was that that? Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that guy's in it. Like, I, I don't want that to be spoiled to me. I'd rather, you know, have, you know, a, like a genuine spider verse type reaction. Um, right. And, uh, and be surprised. And for this film, I don't think this film made a huge splash as it was being produced, right? It wasn't super huge name actors. It was no, what's low budget. Like they shot this on like a shoestring budget, really. It's, like compared it's, to like other ma- massive, you know, stuff that's coming out. So yeah, and it's it's really just kind of snuck in here and came out and made a massive impact splash as soon as it landed. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, I was aware that this movie was being done, and I was aware that it was being like filmed but i was like i don't i don't know this doesn't seem like i don't really know what anything about this they're not really really releasing anything and because it's coming from a24 like an indie cinema like you know um studio um their their advertising is a little bit lower um and then i like i said last week i think it, it was on the, the the festival circuit and it just kept getting really good reviews on the festival circuit and then they released the trailer for it and i just i didn't care enough to watch the trailer and then all of a sudden it hit theaters and everybody was like holy shit go see this and so i was able to entirely avoid any any spoiler i had no idea what it was i just knew that uh that uh maggie no I, careful yeah sorry no i know her name it what the fuck i'm gonna have to cut this out damn it 57 minutes in um anyway i just knew that she was in it and that kihai kwan was in it and stuff like that but that was all i knew and that it was a multiverse movie and then otherwise i just i was able to go in blank slate and it just blew my mind and uh speaking to what you're saying i've been actively trying not to watch any of the doctor strange trailers and then someone just posted a, one of the doctor strange reveals on their story the other day just like a per, like not even a movie website just someone i know and i was like are you fuck like i, I wanted to message them like meet me in the parking lot at noon because i'm gonna stab you in the neck what the fuck <laughs> why did you do that i didn't want to know that I, and they're like well you know i can see them being like well it's in the trailers yeah i'm not watching the trailers i don't want this to be revealed you know and now I know this thing about the new Doctor Strange movie, and I'm fucking pissed. I didn't want to know. So it's um, it's actually kind of topical. So I was at a friend's house, and they were watching. They're they're doing a rewatch of How I Met Your Mother, and uh, I happened to sit down and watch them the episode of the Super Bowl where Ted builds the the, the yeah the spoilers thing. He makes the horse blinders. The for horse himself. blinders. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's that's how we have to try and live our life whenever there's a new movie coming out that that we want to go see. Seriously, man, I just like I I'm all about. Like, I'm fine with marketing, but like, just stop showing me everything. Try and like, you know, and I get what Disney's doing. Like, they, they don't, they want you to, they need the money, you know, because last, the last two years was tough for them and they need to make up for that, those losses. And so I understand that that's why they're doing what they're doing, but holy shit, dude, like, just let me, like, I'm already going to go see your movie. Stop revealing everything to me. I think what what upsets me more is the fact that even when they want to have spoilers, the fandom is usually so invasive that they can't. Like, I'm, I, I don't want to get into because I know it's going to upset people. So the show that shall not be named when season seven was being filmed, I remember, and I've mentioned this on pod before, the actors were so famous by season seven that... Um, the people are you talking about friends yes. no game of thrones right i know i know <laughs> I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> the tone that he said that with uh you could already feel that the, yeah the, the people were him. monitoring their flight 
Exactly. Exactly. Shit. They were able like, to oh. know which locations were being filmed in which They're countries. They're like, oh, Jon Snow was, was seen, seen at the Australia. airport in Dublin. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh and, and that's this, and that's the shooting scene for King's Landing. Exactly. And therefore, and he's so going to be fighting for the. People seat. were able to piece together the entire thing and and predict the plot of season seven with frightening accuracy, like down yeah. to like an episode count. That I I remember reading the Reddit post like two months before the show came out, watching the show and thinking this shouldn't be possible, <laughs> and that person should be should be imprisoned. But um, yeah, dude, like, well, even like, yeah, uh, well, and it, we knew what was going to happen with the Spider Man stuff, right? right. Like with No Way Home, but there was enough doubt in my head yeah. that like when it happened, it was like genuine excitement, right? Yep. But now with this Doctor Strange stuff, I'm cool with it being like people like rumors and stuff, but I don't want it to be confirmed until I see the fucking movie. Yep. Just like with Thor Ragnarok, imagine how exciting it would be if when the Hulk showed up in the arena scene if you hadn't seen the hulk show up in the arena scene in the trailer even if it had been rumored and you were like i'm pretty sure we're gonna see this happen like it still would have been so exciting in that moment well there's a reveal in the newest dr strange trailer that was that like it had been rumored and i was fine with that being a rumor and then they fucking confirmed it and someone just posted it on the internet and just wrote i'm so excited and i'm like i want to murder you <laughs> i didn't i've been avoiding the trailers like god damn it marvel stop just like just don't and you know what happened is people were like well or they're probably like well they already know everything you know like the fans already know everything so might as well reveal it because we withheld all the spider-man stuff whatever i'm glad that we were able to do it we were able to avoid that with uh, everything everywhere all at once back to that topic i think we should just we should just cut it off there because I can ramble on about this is a whole new episode that we're starting there is there is one thing I do want to touch on just I guess we can call it a new segment but um, Sony released had two announcements this week Sony being the owner of Morbius the the film that I think I don't know if it's a commercial failure but it's definitely a critical failure oh Um, what you don't think it's gonna get best 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 picture I do not think I thought it was in the running I thought it was like an early front runner for best picture at the Oscars. No? About Morbius. I yeah, mean, Jared Leto, best actor, <laughs> and then Morbius, best picture. That's what Funny. I heard. If if it was the only movie being considered, it would be in the running. Oh well, that's not true. If there was a Nicolas Cage film that isn't the film that's currently out, then then right. Morbius would beat that one. But if it was a competition between Morbius and Wicker Man, yeah. <laughs> Or or eighty percent of Nicholas's, uh, and they'd call it a tie. MTV. Is that what we were saying? Anyway, I would say um, you just cut the trophy in half. And <laughs> parts of each of yeah, slap them both of them, um, but well, make them give their speech at the exact same time. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, so anyway, Sony made two announcements. One that Venom Two, the movie that Tyler and I shat on uh, a couple months back. Uh, is getting a follow up for now a full Whoa. trilogy of Venom Three. And they announced that uh, a character who I honestly can't even recall what his fucking name is has been El Muerto with uh, Latin pop star uh, Bad Bunny as... There's no way this is getting made. What What is going on? I didn't hear that. Did They're Sony- making a movie with a D-list Spider-Man villain called El Muerto, who's a luchador, Mexican wrestler, who... Does crime, robs banks and shit. Yeah, basically, he's gonna be in, in his Mexican three. wrestler costume. What? He's going to be in Venom Three. No, no he's, going he's to getting have his, his own, own movie. Film. So, so, okay. so they took Morbius, who is a, a, a B-list character who has entire full storylines, and they turned it into a film. Now they took a character had his that's, own comic runs multiple times. Now they're taking a character his... that has only appeared in Spider-Man comics like five times, and they're turning him into a anti-hero Sony verse feature like movie feature-like film with a latin pop star known as bad bunny i just there's no way this movie gets made i'm sorry i did if sony throws their money at this that studio is going to fail like they I, cannot afford to make movies like this they just dude look at morbius was a more recognizable character and they got nothing for it he's a rapper he's not even an actor with, yeah who, who bad bunny yeah he's in that new assassin train movie with uh brad pitt whatever that shit's called bullet train um or whatever uh he i just 
I don't, I've never even heard of this character. I'm pretty well aware of Spider-Man's rogues galleries. I've never heard of this character in my entire life. There's no way that this movie is going to make any waves. Nobody wants this. I wouldn't even want watch this if it was going to be on Disney plus as a Marvel series. (laughs) This would, I just, I don't know what they're thinking. I think they must be like, Oh, South America doesn't really watch a lot of Marvel movies. It's an untapped market. Maybe we just, make a movie with a South American actor in it. I mean, what's what's so upsetting is as bad as this Morbius film is, it's financially successful in the sense. No, I don't think it is. So so they they it's a $75 million film. They've made $120 million off it so far. Yeah, but it's A to B, but like it's $75 million to produce. And then you basically, the rule of thumb is you double that, the initial production costs to account for marketing. And do you know how many, like that movie was very heavily marketed. Like they, I saw trailers everywhere. It was on banners on every website. Uh, they were really trying to push this movie, and its week one to week two drop off was like eighty percent. It's like the second highest drop off of any movie of all time. It's crazy. Uh, it just this movie. Like it's just Sony is making some really bad decisions. They're gonna have to sell like just to stay afloat. They're gonna have to sell Spider Man back to Marvel if they keep making bad movies like this. Which okay, maybe they should just do that. I don't know. Um, what they really need to do is work out a deal with Marvel where they can introduce Miles Morales, and that might save them. But I just I don't know, man. It, this seems like the worst decision ever, and I hope that they just don't do it. Anyone else? I'm, I'm reading an article about it and I, I just can't get through the first three sentences. I'm over it. Let's let's wrap it there. <laughs> uh, okay. My um, God, that's just bad. Anyway, uh, yeah. Any what what are you guys' thoughts on Nick Cage? You want to do a wrap up? No, you do it. I like you do it. What do you guys think about Nick Cage? What do you guys think about our selections for um, our normal um, categories? Uh, why am I right? Why are they wrong? That kind of thing. Please uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Tyler, hit him with the socials. No, it's on the end, the thing that <laughs> we recorded. Lowrider? Tyler? And if you have any suggestions Lowrider. of a topic that you guys want to hear us cover in the future, you know, if you guys are like, oh, they should really cover blah. Bad Bunny uh, and El Muerto. Well, I'm just not like topics as in like what general topic, but also within our categories for, you know, when we cover an actor, we talk about best film, worst film, best performance. If you have a category in there that you want us to cover when, when we're talking about a specific actor, feel free to reach out to Tyler. Find Jeff on the street, whisper it into his ear, and then lick his cheek. That's the code word. Um, and we're out. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids Podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever. <laughs>